Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Some people hike it, some like to drive the highway to the top, but everyone who's made it up to the summit can agree that the view is like no other. Pikes Peak America's Mountain is one of the most visited mountains in the world, and the summit is a national historic landmark. The experience at the top of the world is going to be even better than before, thanks to a brand new summit complex. And whether you've even heard about this or not, we thank you for watching or for listening today. You will not want to miss this latest progress report. Today we have um, two guests. We have Jack, who is the manager of Pikes Peak America's Mountain, and Sandy, who is the Parks Operation Administrator for Pikes Peak America's Mountain. And thank you both for being here with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. For your time. Um, so I want to get to the latest and greatest progress report, which I know you guys know like the back of your hands, and you can tell us what's happening up there. Um, but can you tell us both a little bit about yourselves, what you do, uh, what your role is um, at Pikes Peak, and why you love the mountains so much? Who wants to go first? Well, I guess I'll go. Okay. <laughs> and. And before I get too started, I did want to say and thank you for having us here. Um, this is my first time down at the cab since the quarantine started. So okay. Love what you did with the place and love the Orange Band. So. All right. And first time podcasting, right? And first time podcasting. All right. So rookies all around here. <laughs> I started working on Pikes Peak in 1995 as a construction project manager. Uh, became manager in 2008. Okay. So, uh, so it's been a while. It was actually 25 years yesterday. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. That yes. is awesome, Jack. It, does it feel like 25 years? It does. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm exhausted. No, it uh, seems like just yesterday. No, it's a great place to work and a lot of fun. Uh, basically, our goal is to provide safe travel to the visitor at Pikes Peak, to the summit if possible. So every day is a little different challenge for us. Changing weather, seasonal changes, special events, and we like to welcome visitors from out of state and even international. And you've kind of seen it all. Yes, I think so. Um, of course, every day is different, and there's always something, even though I've been here a long time, something new and something different will happen. Okay, how about you, Sandy? Uh, well, I am Colorado Springs native. Um, I was actually born here. Um, been on the mountain for 10 years now. Um, I'm the operations administrator. Um, primary responsibilities are budget, finance, account, accounting, that kind of stuff. I also do the marketing and advertising for the mountain. Um, but this project, uh, I have a couple key functions, um, fundraising activities, and then interpretive. So um, why I love the mountain? Um, well, it's my mountain. Um, you look out the window, it's that pure pride and ownership that this is in my backyard. And I have the privilege of being a steward for this mountain. So that's... So you love it. So you, and you've literally grown up with it yeah. in your backyard. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like so many other people too. So, um, can you go back for a bit, um, for us, Sandy, and talk about when folks first started talking about the need for a new summit complex and why there was a need? Um, because I know a lot of folks have heard about this construction happening right now and maybe don't realize how far back it goes. So, Original discussions for the uh, Summit Visitor Center um, goes back into the 90s, um, but uh, this project and these efforts, our first meeting was actually 2012. So 
We've been working on this project for a long time. Uh, we began construction in 2018 um, of the new visitor center, and that was after a very big public process for design. Um, some folks may remember we posted out there a couple design concepts. We did public meetings. We wanted the public's feedback um, to get kind of the best of all of everyone's desires and, and the needs of the mountain. So we, uh, we put together the design that we have today. Um, it's an outstanding design with some key features that I think we'll chat about in a bit. Um, the old facility was built in 1963, um, and it's exceeded its useful life. It's small, um, has very few windows. It's very kind of like a bunker on the top and um, not very warm and inviting and definitely not the image that we want today for to welcome guests and visitors, but also of uh, our stewardship of the mountain, our goals, and uh, what we're trying to do up there. So, um, so it goes way back, and by the time this is finished, it will almost be... A decade of planning is that accurate and yeah and execution yeah wow so, um, lots of engaged parties we um, so Pikes Peak we actually operate uh, the Pikes Peak Highway under a term special use permit with the US Forest Service um, so the US Forest Service actually owns um, Pikes Peak Highway and we were we operate um, and then the summit itself is unique um, it's actually a national historic landmark so we have this unique designation to this mountaintop that uh, brings in several other parties. Um, we have the State Historical Society. Um, we're invited to in on the project for some of the preservation efforts. Um, the um, National Park Service due to the NHL layer. And so, and then there's other parties up there, the COG Railway, for example, they have the COG that goes to the top. Uh, the Army has a high altitude research lab. Colorado Springs Utilities has some communications. So a lot of people had to get together, sit around a table, um, and go through not only the required processes for environmental assessments, but also to come up with designs that were functional for all of our needs to meet uh, to meet the long-term goals, not just the short-term goals. So. Right. Major collaboration. Right. I think a lot of people don't realize there's that many parties involved. So, Jack, um, tell me a little bit about um, the latest construction update. Um, and not to be impatient, but when can we go up there? <laughs> now, now, now. No, I'm teasing. Of course, you can go up there right now. Um, but when can we go up and see it all finished? Of course, people are excited. Yeah, I think everyone's excited. We're looking forward to it as well. Uh, we're into our third season of construction, actually. The first two dealt with actually blasting. If you remember, we had some pretty good coverage on that. The building itself is set into the permafrost and actually below the permafrost. So setting the foundations and the precast building were the first two seasons. This year, weather has been very favorable. Um, so we're able to um, continue progress. We hadn't dried in the building last year, so that's going to be our goal. So what you'd see now if you went up there, we're completing the exterior of the building. Uh, the roof is being finished. Windows are going to be installed, which is a very good milestone for us work on the interiors progressing. In fact, just uh, last week, we had permanent power oh, to the wow. building. So okay. that's, that's another exciting milestone for us. So we're excited there. Uh, site work, remember we're ADA compliant with our permatrack. So they're continuing on the walkways that'll go from the cog entrance all the way around the uh, exteriors, if you will. Finishing the North, north Overlook, which is going to be kind of exciting because that's going to be your Titanic moment, as they say, looking over the edge. And I like that Titanic moment. And it is going to be exciting. Uh, 
some people I don't think are going to venture out that yeah. far. And uh, others, oh, we're not going to be able to get off of it. It's oh, I see. It dynamic. depends on how you feel about heights. And, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Heights and a big drop off. So okay. it's going to be really good. Uh, and we're also working on the uh, summit marker. So we're going to have actually the summit marker, Native American names, as well as some of the earlier names for the summit and some of the early elevations telling that story. So is it really kind of a race against the clock at this point as we near winter weather or you're already obviously experiencing winter weather up there? Yeah, exactly. That's the goal is dry in the building before winter. So we'd like to get the windows up, dry in that building, and then we can work throughout the winter. Uh, so, And then, as you mentioned, you can see just from the last snowstorm we had a couple of weeks ago how fast things can change. We lost about two to three days of construction due to that snow. Right, so, that uh, early snowstorm. And, and it, talk a little bit about some of the challenges those folks face at 14,000 feet with the construction right. and how that's been been going. It's uh, actually been going very well. You know, with GE Johnson, they pre-screened all the workers, different physicals, little physical fitness tests. So they get used to uh, the altitude and get ready for it. Uh, when they first start out, they might work six to seven hours a day. Now, as they acclimate, they're up to 10 hours a day. So wow. the productivity's increased. I think they're getting great productivity out of the workers, and they've adapted very well. They really emphasize the safety features, hydration, especially rest breaks, to make sure that they can continue working. So uh, so work's going very well right now, and uh, we're excited. We're hoping for about six to eight more weeks of good weather. And the goal is really to move in in May 2021 to answer the question from way back in the beginning. Okay. No, that's okay. That was a great answer. Um, so can you, um, can you tell us, I guess, the differences, and you both alluded to this. I don't know who wants to answer this, but what will this new summit experience be like, um, the new visitor center? How will it be different and new and more exciting? I mean, there's probably countless ways, um, but some of the biggest highlights um, for people. Yeah, I think I'll take the first half and then turn it over to Sandy for some of it. Um, first thing you're going to notice if you're coming up the highway is you'll be able to come up and only see the vestibule of the building. Remember, we have a 38,000 square foot building. You're only going to see the top four to 5,000 square feet. You're also going to be able, from the highway side, walk out onto the roof. So everything's going to be view view dynamic i guess i'd say i'd make up a new word there so. that's amazing yeah, just to blend into that, the landscape yeah. as opposed to be so uh, you know obtrusive to the views the whole design is really to blend in um, and showcase the natural features um, and not the building right so. right and enable you to have that view from wherever you are right. yep and as you enter the building um, from the vestibule you're going to see a dynamic picture through the windows of uh, Mount Rosa. So we're oriented towards Mount Rosa, and the building itself goes from orientation of Mount Rosa back to the summit marker itself. Okay. So it's going to be excited. We are ADA accessible throughout the building and the pathways. So that's another big feature that we're really excited about. That'll be a lot different from past Right. experiences. Yeah, so regardless of a person's ability to, you know, their mobility to get around, they'll be able to visit the entire summit from the western side, the overlooks, the summit marker, as well as the building interior, exterior. So 100% accessible. Um, there's, I don't think there's another 14er um, that can actually make that claim. So we're really excited about that. So. And talk about a little bit about some of the recognition you've received you don't have to tell us all exactly about it but what it means to people um about how environmentally 
conscious this building is and the builders and everyone involved in this project has been on board with that effort. Yeah, so one of the, there, there's two other features, you know, that uh, we're incredibly proud um, that we took on. Um, the first one is the building itself is going to meet uh, lead requirements, a silver minimum. Um, but we've taken that one step farther and we're pursuing what's called living building challenge. And it's a very rigorous process. Um, and it takes the um, environmental sustainability that one step farther than LEAD. LEAD is um, a great program. It's what uh, prescriptive, you check the boxes if you meet that requirement. Living Building Challenge takes it really to the next level. They're looking for net zero energy use, net zero water, net zero waste. Um, the entire building is built with materials that um, are not on what's called a, a red list. So they're not harmful uh, to the environment in their manufacturing process. So uh, from the energy standpoints to um, how the building is constructed, as well as to how those who are visiting or working in it um, receive the building. There's lots of natural light, there's airflow. And so pursuing living building challenge is not an easy, is not an easy task. And to, it, it makes this building uh, sustainable for today and for five years from now, but it also pushes it into 50 years from now. It's a very sustainable building. LBC requires post-occupancy audit. It's not check the box, you're done, you've met the standard. It's they come back and audit you to make sure that you're meeting all of those requirements in the future after you open the building. So um, the challenges associated with it, I think for us being the stewards of the mountain and all the goals that we had in mind from the original inception in 2012 to today um, is really um, making sure that we're doing our part but also inviting our guests and our visitors to do their part as well, um, using a recyclable bottle, not using plastic bottles. So there'll be some big shifts and changes in what they see in the retail section, in the food section, um, because we're taking it that next step. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things is clean air. So we're, we're transitioning to a no smoking campus. So no smoking from the gate to the summit. If guests want to. Just probably a good idea anyway. <laughs> right. Up at altitude, you really. <laughs> take a uh, cigarette break. Yeah. Yes. So, so while you're there, take a cigarette break. Um, so that's a, that's a very good. So a lot of goals and initiatives that we have in mind, um, not only for us, but for future generations. So yes. it's to make a, this one last exactly, even longer. Yeah. Right. It, for everyone to enjoy. So we're, we're proud of that. Um, one of the other features that I personally am looking forward to is it'll actually have a very dynamic interpretive experience, interior and exterior. Um, we'll have exterior, there'll be signage talking about everything from the views you're seeing to the watershed story. Where does our water come from? When you're standing on the summit, you know, there's four different directions where the water goes. So we're tell that story and educate everyone on where our water is. We're, you know, we're landlocked here in this, in, in Colorado. So um, interior, there's an interpretive exhibit that is not only talks about the people, the place, you know, kind of the flora, the fauna, but it talks about the peak today and how um, the changes that we're making today, how that'll all be communicated. Um, interpretive exhibits will be engaging and interactive. Um, questions, well, you'll be able to answer questionnaires. My personal favorite is there's a very, very large wall um, and it's interactive. You can put your name on the wall and so you can come back and connect with it. But also recognizing that people don't spend a lot of time on the summit. They get up right. at that altitude, they don't feel well. Um, they're, they're on the train and they're on a time constraint and they have to get back down. 
we're also developing an app so they can take their story with them. So they can post their pictures and we can post them to the wall in the summit. So the next time they're up, they can pull themselves up. So, so between the app and all the interpretive features, um, we also want to promote the entire Pikes Peak region. So if someone's really interested in the hill climb itself, um, spend a few minutes with us on the summit, but then we want to send you somewhere else. So we want to send you to the Hill Climb Museum. We want to send you to the Pioneers Museum to, so stay here, spend a few days, enjoy Colorado Springs and all that we have to offer. So absolutely, and so great for locals, right? right. I mean, have you both? You've probably both learned a couple things couple. <laughs> or two, right? Or two. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. As a local, you knew a lot probably, but. Great for everyone to experience. So um, speaking of people can do their part in terms of the environmental aspect, but also let's talk about fundraising, <laughs> how people can do their part too, right? <laughs> we're not quite at the goal. No, almost. We're, no, we're close. Um, so our fundraising goal um, from private and public partnerships um, was $15 million. Um, it's a $60 million project. Pikes Peak contributed uh, $15 million. Uh, we were successful in bonding $30 million from our revenue, so there's $45 million. So to hit that goal, we needed another $15 million. And as of today, we have secured 12.2 of those $15 million. So just under $3 million left to raise. Um, so we've got uh, businesses who have been very generous in their donations and, and wanting to support us, um, as well as some, some individuals. Um, I myself, I gave. Um, so... You actually have an opportunity. Um, we have sponsorship opportunities. Um, so similar to getting a brick somewhere, our, our plank way that Jack spoke about, um, somebody can sponsor a plank for $500 and they can get their loved one's name on it, you know, in memory of someone they've lost or um, in recognition or get their family's do a whole family name. name. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So great opportunity. Um, those, that level starts at $500. We have benches um, that are placed around the summit. Um, and some of that's sponsored. still available. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, so we have available. We'll make room for you. We will. <laughs> so <laughs> anyone who wants to donate, right? Yeah, yeah it's great. that's wonderful. So, and the the one key feature on our donor wall that I think makes us a little bit different than a lot of other places is regardless of dollar value, if your kid gives us their their piggy bank because they're passionate, they learned about Pikes Peak in school, and they want to do their part their name still goes on the donor wall. So we have the permanent, you know, semi-permanent where it's etched glass and for some of those top tier donors, but there's a digital component where you can go in and search for your name or for your parents' name or for someone that you know that donated in memory of a friend. And so you can pull that up and see everyone that's on that list. So regardless of the contribution, you're still getting that recognition. We're grateful for everybody's uh, donation. So every little bit counts. Yeah. So before we go, can either one one of you, um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. It's just fun. Um, but can do you guys have anything fun, like a fun fact about Pikes Peak, maybe that people don't know or some kind of, you know, your craziest experience up there? I remember I came and interviewed some of your team, Jack, up there, um, some of your maintenance um, you know, your snowplow drivers, your guys that take care of that mountain year round. And they had some great stories about the weather and how wacky it is and how quickly it can change. What, what are some of your favorites or something you would want to share with listeners that they might not know? <laughs> it's kind of funny. We were talking a little bit about that before I came down for another interview that I'm going to be doing. And one of the questions was, what's the funniest? Oh, okay. Story? We'll take funny. Yeah. And, and we thought that, you know, our staff with our warped sense of humor up there probably <laughs> has a little different definition of funny, but uh, <laughs> yeah. one of the ones that 
does kind of strike us as we were working in uh, one of the lagoons preparing for the erosion sedimentation control project. We had an operator, and we're not going to say who that was, but they're out there, hit a soft spot, and actually sunk an excavator down to oh. the cab. The person had to climb out the top of the windows and get on top oh, of the roof. no. And, and uh, like, extricate so that, themselves? If, and uh, <laughs> from luckily, the... no damage, no harm, but uh, that was kind of an amusing one if you weren't the operator. Yeah, you guys are a little sick up there if you think yeah, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> poor, poor person who shall not be named. That's right. <laughs> How about you, Sandy? Um, you know, I think a lot, uh, you know, Jack alluded to it, a lot of the stories that uh, um, some of our more veteran employees talk about um, from in their terms way back when, um, when uh, some of the things that they did that you today cringe and go, you did what? Um, hearing those stories, but I think it's all the, kind of that interaction between staff, um, you know, that some of the quirky or um, poor judgment type things that you do, you're backing something up and you know, it, it, it may not be funny at the time, but you look back on it now and you're chuckling. Um, we've had a lot of staff members come and go that have been provided some of the best memorable moments um, just with their personalities and who they are. Um, to this day, we still we still make, you know, some of the things that they said, we'll still say, you know, performance plans, it's not an evaluation, it's an evaporation, you know, and so things like that, that really just still bring a smile to your face. So you have great people. We do. Yeah, yeah. We're, sounds... very, we're very fortunate to have have, have who we have, because um, they're they're outstanding. Um, and I think the guests really get to capture that small part that they interact with them. Um, but if they got to know them on this much bigger level, I think uh, we'd, uh, those people would never leave. They'd want to work there too. So, Oh, that's probably true. And your folks have told me it never gets old to see those people coming from out of state mm -hmm. who've never seen a mountain so big. Just their eyes go wide and right. That never gets snow. old. Uh, yeah. And snow, snow right. I, snow. You know, it will be closed for weather. And, you know, right in the parking lot in front of the, the business office, there's kids playing on the little bank of snow. And, you know, it's two inches deep. But they're I'm so like, excited because they're, they're, they've they're, never seen it. They're thrilled. They want to go sledding. And I'm like, come come back later. <laughs> come back later. It gets even better. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Well, we wish you the best of luck with the Summit Complex, um, the Visitor Center, the interpretive exhibits. There's so much coming up. And um, we appreciate your time. Oh, we appreciate it. And Thank you. learn more, um, visit our website, pikespeakcolorado.com. Um, you can go there. There's renderings of the, the building itself. There's newsletters that talk about um, everything that's all the efforts. And then also you can learn more about My Mountain and why it's important to other people in the community. And so. I was going to mention, please follow Pikes Peak America's Mountain on social media, whatever your social media of choice might be. Yep. Um, that's a great way to get updates and photos. And man, that construction video is really fun to watch too. Yep. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening to this edition of Behind the Springs. Mm -hmm.